We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello and welcome to the True Faith Match Day Review podcast in association with Fans Bet and sponsored by our patrons. Thank you very much to our very loyal patrons. We couldn't put this out for free without you. And um, if you enjoy this and you're not a patron, do consider subscribing. It's a wonderful New Year's resolution to make, to listen to more podcasts. Um, Very wholesome thing to do. We'll try and keep them wholesome. Um, I'm joined today by Norman Riley and Adam Widrington. How are we doing? Good morning. There we are. Um, And we are going to be discussing yesterday's 1-1 draw at Vicarage Road between the Toon and Watford. Um, so I was there with Norman, so I'm just going to start the pod with sort of the day, get a bit of the atmosphere. Norman, what did we, what did we do? Who were we with? Well, Oof. mostly his friends, Colombians. Yeah, we, we, we met, um, we met at 11 at Euston, met um, up with um, a Colombian, Laranua and his relatives, so four, four of us, um, four Colombians, sorry, uh, and the young laddie is on Colchester's uh, book, so hopefully we'll see him, we'll see him uh, playing professional football one day, um. John turned up looking like death, put a couple of drinks down him, and yeah, he got some colour in his face. Um, <laughs> Sean, Sean joined us uh, with his mate Andy, and um, ah, Ali. Just, uh, Ali was there as well. Ali, yeah, Ali. We just had, and, and Andy was there, sorry as well from uh, from from Heather Green, which is where I live, and we just uh, had a good day of drinking and watching yeah. football, and and for once, um, like, well, on one of the, it was one of those rare occasions where what happened on the pitch was actually an enjoyable enjoyable part of the day as well. So yeah, all in all, all in all, a brilliant time. It's true. I would. I will add to that. The atmosphere was great. We were yeah. Um, away and like did not stop singing. It was just so loud. I think you know made amplified by um the fact that the Watford fans seemed to be quiet until you know obviously the that they they equalised. There was almost no noise from them at all, and we uh we were extremely noisy. So that was good. Norman even sang in Spanish for a while. Which was, which was, how, by the look on how his many face, pints? How many pints did we at this point, Norman? Um, shall we say three? Unclear. <laughs> three flags. It's dry ground three, as well, you know. Three gallons. It's a dry ground. I put it this way: I, I was operating, I was operating heavy machinery at the time, so I think I was probably, you know, all right. Because mm. you're not supposed to operate heavy machinery after six pints, so I must have had less than six. <laughs> Uh, Must have done. By heavy machinery, I mean my phone. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah. Um, okay, so Adam, um, I'm going to come to you now. The team sheet came out, obviously, as usual, about an hour before. Um, uh, uh, usual Twitter kind of meltdown about it. Uh, no, Kennedy, oh my God, he's not even on the squad. Um, what did you, what, what was your reaction to all of that? To be honest, I mean, if you've been watching Newcastle United for the last month, you could, it's probably not a huge shock. You might have thought he might have, you know, made the subs bench, but ultimately he's contributed very little. His attitude's been poor. Whether he's been injured or not, he obviously had that ingrown toenail that's caused him a bit of bother. Whether that's still caused, I mean, we can't, I don't want to completely lambast the lad if he, if he is carrying an injury and he's not quite up to, to scratch yet. But, you know, I think, I think the players that came in are having, I mean, there was an even bigger meltdown for Liverpool when it was when it was Hosselu and Muto starting up front. So the return of Rondon, I mean, this was, forget the Liverpool game, this was the big game of the week. This was the huge game. This is what you keep Salomon Rondon refreshed for. And, you know, he, he, he absolutely, you know, he, he paid back, uh, <laughs> you know, in terms of that rest. I don't think he would have been half as sharp as he was yesterday. And, you, you know, you look at the, the disallowed goal as well as he was, mm. had he started Anfield and he'd been blown out of his arse about 70 minutes only days ago, I, I don't think we would have got the impact and I think we would have lost against Watford had, yeah. had, had he not. So, you know, uh, great to see sort of Federico Fernandez back, but obviously he went off at half-time for the second time <laughs> in a few weeks. So that's a little bit worrying for the forthcoming game against Man United. But yeah. in, in, in terms of the, the team sheet, we knew we were going to play five at the back. We knew Richie was going to be left. We knew Yedlin was going to be right. Um, we knew that it was either going to be Hayden or Longstaff, and it was always going to be Hayden out of those two in the middle. Yeah. So the rest of the team sort of picked itself, really. And, and, and Atsu is a player who I've criticised very heavily um, for months and months and months. But actually, the last few games I've seen him in, I'm not saying he's outstanding and he's amazing, he's brilliant, but tell you what, he's really putting some shifts in and he's doing the best that he possibly can with the talent that he has. So... I was quite um, I was quite invigorated by the, the team sheet yesterday um, and thought, yeah, this is probably about as strong as we could we could we could field at this point in time. Yeah, invigorated. I like that. Um, I would agree. I was surprised he wasn't even on a sub, but ultimately, I, I you know I didn't really think he yeah like over the last month the last games yeah I haven't really felt like he's even really on the pitch much so. I, I'm not. I think I was surprised more because of getting used to seeing him rather than, rather mm. than and, and knowing that we don't have a, a whole host of people to pick from, um, that's that's where my surprise came from. But um, ultimately, I didn't think we were any the less for not having him on the team yesterday. And and, and also, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of rumours swirling around that we're going to cancel his loan deal and all this kind of stuff. And, and to be honest. I don't think we're in any sort of luxurious position to cancel anybody's loan deal, no matter how, no matter how deep a dip of form he's in at the minute. Like we can't afford to cut loose that that deal because he's still one of the better players and more more talented players that we have. Uh -huh. And do you trust the Newcastle directors to bring in a replacement before the end of? Of course you don't. It's not going to happen. So I can't see the logic or the sense. In cutting ties with Kennedy as it stands, because regardless of his form, we need him. Agreed, and I think maybe Norman, I will come to you for any extra points if you'd like to make them. But I think maybe being left out of the squad entirely might be the kick up his ass that he needs. Um, 
because he does need one. So I totally Norman, agree. I totally agree. Um, Norman, yeah. do you have anything to add to that? Or? No, you, you've you've both covered it um, perfectly well. I, I agree with everything you've said. Um, I think what what I what I'll add is that I just think it's it's a shame to see someone of, of such a kind of not such natural talent just not really apply himself enough to to realise his potential. Um, and I think I mentioned it on a previous podcast a few weeks ago. To a certain extent, this is it's a make or break season for Kennedy in the Premier League. Um, he's been out on loan before, it didn't work out. He hasn't been given any game time at Chelsea. There's obviously something there. He's got this opportunity to put him to put himself in the shop window because you know we wouldn't go pay the twenty five million from that Chelsea would ask for the twenty million. Um, but I think if he doesn't make it at Newcastle this season, um, then he's probably going to get shipped out to I don't know Spain or Italy next next year. And yeah. that's that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. But if he wants to make it as a Premier League footballer, I think he's he's run out of chances, and and it would just be a shame because he is very very gifted. Yeah, agreed. Okay, well we'll we'll talk about the first half now. I think. Um, Norman, what did you think of five at the back? Do you think it was working for us? Um, how was the goal for you? I think if you listen to the Match Day podcast, you'll hear how the goal was. <laughs> Another one Norman, chalked cause... up, no, Norman. Live goal. Once again, yeah. Honestly, yeah, I think I think Ron Don needs to start paying me commission. Um, <laughs> I seem to get, I'm, I'm, I'm catching all of his goals uh, live. I'm sure it's down to me. I'm sure it's down to me. Um, the, um, the 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 five at the back worked beautifully. It worked absolutely beautifully. The reality is Watford, you know, as we expected, dominated the ball, but clear cut chances. I can only think of the um, Delafeo chance, and that was um, that wasn't through anything particularly good by Watford. That was just miscommunication um, yeah. between the. Between the three centre halves, you could see it. You know there was far too much space opened up, and it was put on Delafeo's too. Unfortunately, Delafeo isn't. Um, he, he's not particularly good when he's got a lot of time to think. Um, with regards, he's finishing. He scored beautiful goals, but um, he's not a he's not a composed centre forward. Let's say. Um, and that that was all I can think of. And the reality is, until until sort of Decorey and Dini came on, obviously we lost Fernandez. That was a massive blow. I thought. Um, but for me, for me, the actual key was um, Isaac Hayden having to go off with exhaustion, basically. Um, yeah. Him and uh, Diarmier had really screened the defence. They were just an absolute brick wall. Watford just weren't breaking through. Um, and obviously, Hayden goes off. And who do we bring on? Who can we only bring on? Shelby. Um, if, if it had been key coming on for Hayden, I don't doubt we would have... I think we would have hung on and won that match. I genuinely think we would have hung on and won that match. But he, he, obviously, his options are limited. He has to bring on Shelby for an exhausted Hayden. Shelby automatically being on the pitch is going to open up more space due to the type of player that yeah. John Joe Shelby is. He's not a defensive screen. Um, and that's, that's I think, that is what, what ultimately um, hamstrung us. And, uh, and as I said uh, yesterday, they have got players of the quality of Dini and Decorey to bring off the bench. You know, we can't even replace a, a kind of defensive midfielder who hasn't played that regularly this season. It's just, a, yeah. it just it, it's again, highlights... The, the ridiculous job that Rafa's doing with this squad of players to actually even have us competitive and out of the bottom three by New Year's Day is is testament to um, him and his coaching staff. And, I, and, yeah. I'll, and I'll repeat that, you know, ad infinitum. And and just to add to that, I mean, if several people pointed out on Twitter last night that we're still starting with nine. Nine of our players are still starting who are on our championship side mm-hmm. and we're out of the drop zone. Like That is a massive testament to the... <laughs> skill of our management. Adam? I was just going to ask Norman, it's a really interesting point you make about communication at the back because I've I've noticed that and it's almost been um, you know matching Lascelles' return to the side that the communication at the back, certainly in a back three, is 
is is really sketchy at the minute. If you recall, I believe it was the first sort of five ten minutes of the Fulham game. Uh, Lascelles and Cher were just absolutely all over the place together. They had, and and we've seen. I mean, Lascelles' form hasn't been tremendous. I mean, some of his passes yesterday were baffling, to be honest. Um, but I mean, mm. you know, he, he, and he, he, I didn't think he had a, the best game against Fulham all all told. But he made a, you know he made a really important challenge at the end. But I just w- worry that you know. Without Fernandez there, do you remember when we had um, when we had when we had Clark, Share, and Fernandez uh, yeah. at the back? That's pr- that probably seems our most stable back three now. Actually, in a way, I don't want to discredit uh, Paul Dummer because I thought he was actually one of our best players yesterday, um, mm. and, I, and I'm really really pleased to see him back in the team because he's just he's really really dependable. If you put him, if you if you ask who I want this in the back three. Between Lascelles and Dummett, it's Dummett every single time at the minute because I just think he's so much more assured. But what 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 are your guys' takes on on, on the communication and and sort of what's what's changed and why are we so shaky all of a sudden? I mean, well, I don't know, but we were saying this on the match day yesterday that you know pa- passing is is shoddy and. And a lot of passing to Watford. I mean, the reason we caught Rondon's goal, Norman caught Rondon's goal, all credit to Norman here, <laughs> um, is, uh, is, be- is because we'd come on to say, you know, there's very little going on, we're, we're, we're making some pretty shocking passes. We're pa- when we are passing, we're passing to Watford. L- Lascelles sort of, I, I mean, I, I've, I've got some reservations about Lascelles and we can talk about them a bit later. Norman, what do you think? What, what's happening? Well, well, I'll I'll just launch straight into um into the Lascelles um point. Uh, interestingly enough, we we did record a kind of poor smatch podcast yesterday. But, um, <laughs> on on listening to it this morning, I binned it because um, I went full on. I was Norman, Norman was not operating heavy machinery at this point. Going, no, I was operating. I was operating heavy heavy paint at this point. Um, I was uh, yeah. I was I was very deep into the world of drink, and I went on a full scale diatribe on Lascelles. Um, just how. I, you know, I won't repeat what I said because there was a lot of swearing and probably a lot of it down to like the hype, the hyperbole um, <laughs> brought on by the consumption of alcohol. But um, he was, I thought he was, I thought he was terrible yesterday. And, and and at the moment, I don't know, I may be completely wrong here, but the the body language on the pitch, his general kind of demeanour on the pitch, um, it it isn't the Jamal Lascelles that was the captain um, during the mm-hmm. championship and for the better part of last season. Um, now whether it's a case of him kind of spit his dummy earlier on in the season because he didn't want to play in a, in a back three and, and that particular side of the back three. Um, whether it's him maybe believing his own hype after all the kind of suggestions for an England call-up last season, I don't know. You know, this is pure speculation. But at this at this present moment in time, he's just not switched on enough for me. And I think what Adam says about the kind of back three of, you know, Clark, Shea and um, Fernandes or Dummett mm-hmm. as opposed to Clark, I, I actually think that's, at the moment, that's probably the strongest back three. And... Yesterday was was evidence that there wasn't the the leadership that Lascelles had provided, and unfortunately, the reality is you've got Fernandez and Lascelles, both of them are centre halves in the classic world, absolute classic world, winning the ball in the air, putting tackles in, getting the crowd up. That's what they do. Neither of them are particularly good passes of the ball. Neither of them break from defence and, and and you know yeah. create things from the back. That doesn't matter if you've got another centre half in like that That's alongside yeah. the Ie Lachey. Um, and at the moment, you know, Lascelles isn't doing anything better than, than I think Fernandez wouldn't and, and, and it's, hard, it's horrible to see it but 
if he was dropped from a side, I don't think I'd be too upset at the minute. And, 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 and to be honest, I think one of the he's not getting picked on form. He's purely getting picked because he's he's club mm-hmm. captain. And to be honest, as you've said there, Norman, if he wasn't in the side, guess who steps in as our unofficial captain? It's it's Federico Fernandez. He is our unofficial yeah. captain. He, yeah, he just naturally, yeah, absolutely, and Dubravka yeah. as well. So you've got two of them at the back yeah. who can organise. Yeah. Um, Lascelles at the moment, I don't even see him talking on the pitch at the minute because I think he's mm-hmm. he's, he's quite he's quite inward and introvert at the minute because he knows his performances are fairly poor. Well, I just wanted to make a point as well on Dubravka, which actually John made on the now discarded, embargoed <laughs> podcast that we will never see the light of day. No. Um, John made it, but it's an excellent point, and I think it's worth bringing up, is that every time, and it's in the last few matches as well, every time we've got you know a corner against us or a free kick near the goal, Dubravka's, um is, is pointing out where everyone needs to be. He's calm. He's, he's making he's making sure that people are where they need to be and not panicking, and and it's and it's it, it's like I would probably put him above Fernandez purely on the the games played and and, and the mm. fullness of games played, um, as our sort of acting captain, um, above above Fernandez, but it, it it's it's. It's the sort of thing I would have expected to see from Lascelles, and I'm not seeing at all. Like, there's not much communication from him, and and seeing that sort of calm, take control attitude from Dubravka is like, well, I'm biased because I'm in love with him. But um, we all are. We all are. <laughs> I just think he's so good. Um, but it just sort of adds to how good he is, I think, and how much of a. a I just think he's such an excellent signing, but. Um, but yeah, I just wanted I wanted to make that point because, um, well, it's not going to get made on the podcast that now we'll never, <laughs> we'll never hear. We'll have to release that at some point in the future, like some sort of... <laughs> I, 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 you know I, that? I've deleted all record of it ever existing. It never existed. What was it, that Wu-Tang <laughs> album that there was only one made? Um, and that awful pharmaceutical that, guy bought oh, it. Yeah. That like, we need to release it, it as a one-off and... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Someone, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe Sal- Salomon will buy for thirty grand because of the fact that I'm bringing goals to his game. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, listen, we've talked about it being a bit of a blow to lose Fernandez at half time. There was no way he was going to come on after after the half time. He was uh, already on the ground being tended to, and Cher came on, which I thought was a good substitution anyway. Personally, um, did we, Adam, look like we were going to get a second goal at all? Do you think? I mean, obviously, there was that moment when we had the, the disallowed goal, which came very, yeah. very soon after we'd scored. And what a, can I just say, what a, what a, what a power header. He had absolutely no right, Salmon Rondon, to, to meet that ball in the way he did against some massive bastards at the back of Watford's defence. They are big <laughs> lads. And, you know, it just kind of shows, you know, it, it was absolutely fantastic. Let, let like a Salomon. That's great. What I found what I found really interesting yesterday is that we, we started to play a slightly differently with Salomon Rondon. We almost it wasn't quite Dwight Gale mode, but we were knocking more balls over the top for him to run onto to face goal. It wasn't just that we were trying to find his chest or his head or his feet with him playing with his back to goal. We were knocking balls longer, so try to find that that in between the lines between the defence and the goalkeeper. And actually, if you recall, um, is it who's in goal? Ben, was it Ben Foster in goal? Who's in goal? Yeah, Ben Foster. Yeah. He had yeah. to do a bit of sweeper keeping 
um, outside the box a few times because mm, we'd sort yeah. of breached those lines and caused a few problems. So we were we were actually trying to, and it kind of it, it, for me it demonstrated how as, as as much as he's not the fastest player in our team, Salman Rondon, but he is a lot more mobile than other target men that we've had in recent years with Mitrovic and Murphy. So the fact that you know he was able to kind of play that and he, and he nearly got in a couple of times. So I think it was that that last 15 minutes of the first half when we had our tails up after scoring that we probably looked more like scoring and then the second half it sort of went back to how it was in the first half you know that we, it was mm-hmm. all Watford but then we did have chances towards the you know towards the uh, the back end of, of the game uh, I guess the sort of last 10-15 minutes we did have a, a couple of chances where you know Perez had got into the box and they were getting men back as well but no, yeah. it, 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 for me it was very similar to the Huddersfield game. You know, very few chances, very few, very little possession. But you know, one of the ch- main chances that we did get, Rondon took and put it away and got his points. And I think there was a lot of similarities between those two games, even though one ended. You know, we could have easily won yesterday one nil. We could have easily um, drawn one one at, at Huddersfield. So it, it's it's knife edge stuff. Like so, no, I don't, I don't think we ever we ever sort of dominate in terms of chances. We're never going to. But we did what we we did what we had to do with very limited possession and chances. I don't know how you guys saw it. Norman, I co- uh, yeah, mate, I completely agree with. You. I think um, Rondon. I, th- I think the the point that you make about us kind of putting more balls in front of Rondon, who um, maybe that could be tied in with the fact that he's actually fully fit now. I think we're seeing this is a, a genuinely fully fit Rondon, um, and obviously his confidence levels are sky high as well. The players in the team, I think, are now starting to look to him as the person who provide that that moment of inspiration. Because I, I'm, to be honest with you, I, I always rated him, but I'm I'm very I'm I'm very surprised at how how good he actually is. He is, he's a fucking brilliant centre forward. There's no two ways about it. He is very good, and this is a person who has done nothing but graft his ass off in mediocre Premier League teams for the last three four years. Um, and you know, he's the kind of player I think. I'm I'm just genuinely shocked that nobody sort of top. Eight taking a chance on him, um, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm kind of hoping that you know that that's not the case in the summer. I mean, us going out and signing him, who knows? Who knows if that'll happen? Who really knows? Um, but I'm just gonna really, really enjoy having what I consider to be a proper number nine back in Newcastle while he's here. Um, yeah. The yeah, yeah. the leadership he he provides he he leads the line. Um, and he's utterly fearless. He's basically he's basically just a fucking walking bicep. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, that, we were calling him that, a refrigerator that, last night in the pub. Uh, he's, basically, he's basically a refrigerator, a massive industrial refrigerator, like a mobile. <laughs> that is what he is. Well, I mean, you, I love him. you saw I, immediately the difference yesterday when a ball got knocked over to him. And it, this is versus Hosloo and Liverpool, and maybe that's an unf- slightly unfair comparison. But immediately, traps the ball, he allows his runners to come past him, and he lays it off. And it's something so damn simple that we don't get from Hosloo. Um and it was just immediately the first time he did that, I thought, God, that's. I mean, we just didn't have that at all against Liverpool. So it's it's. He's also. It, sorry, go on. I was just going to say he's also like, I mean, you know, it's 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 hyperbolic. The the song that we, you know, shit scared of Rondon. Everybody's singing that at the at the Great song end. though. Great scared. You shit scared of Rondon. Yeah. Um. To the to the uh, <laughs> to the Watford defence. But I think there is an element of that. He's so big. He's so he's such a unit that I think you know a a a, a good ish defense should be a bit scared of him. He's he's a smiling um, assassin. <laughs> it's like when Mitrovic is just like all just 
snarling and sort yeah, of whites yeah. of his eyes and the teeth showing. Rondon's just like, oh, hi. I'm going to absolutely pummel you next, uh, next corner. So, a good... Um, there was a good interview in um, in uh, Marca the other day that the Spanish football newspaper um, Alberto Rubio, who's the the Marca's northern based football journalist, um, interviewed Rondon, and he's you know he's it was a really good interview. Um, but he called him El, El Gladiador, the Gladiator, and that he kind of is, he kind of is, you know what I mean? There's like this just kind of, he's he's up top on his own, like battling. That's what genuinely what it feels like when you watch him, and um, there's something like. There's something almost fucking poetic in watching him. I, I, I'm really, I'm really, really enjoying having him at the club. And um, as I say, I'm just going to enjoy him being here until until the end of the season. So there you go. Absolutely. Excellent. And then I'm just going to round off the pod because um, I think we've sort of, you know, touched on it. I don't think we need to go too much into detail at Watford's goal. Um, uh, their subs at half time turned turn them around better. a little bit, and and um, and it was it was you know really disappointing. I thought. Personally, that we might pip it in that in the in the injury time, we had a good free kick close to that goal, and I really thought this is it, we're gonna do it because we played so well yesterday, and it was actually entertaining football for for the first time in ages. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, no, sadly not. But um, just to talk a little bit about the context of our um, draw, in terms of the table, um, uh, the two there were two injury time. Metro obviously at Fulham. For for Fulham and um and then Cardiff, um do you think they detract from our point at Watford or Adam what do, what do you think? No, I think I think I think a draw away to Watford's always going to be a good result. We've it's not been a happy hunting ground for us recently. What it does <coughs> is that it stops the rot from a four 0 against Liverpool. I mean that's that for me mm. that's huge. Mm-hmm. And um, you know another heavy you know another defeat against Watford. You go that's two games on the spin that you've that you've got you've got defeats. Going into a very, you know, huge Man United game, um, which is going to be a very, very tough ask because they're a surgeon. Mm-hmm. I think it was really, really important that we stopped that rot. It's kind of a bit like um, Everton when we went away. We got a really, really embattled good point at Goodison Park. I think it was immediately after losing three 0 to West Ham. So it's kind of like we stop the rot immediately and we can just kind of reset. And it keeps our mm-hmm. waveform absolutely sweet. You know, Liverpool is. Um, it's a free hit, but if you you know you take Liverpool out of there, our, our last sort of four away games have been absolutely superb, um, and have on our so far carrying our team. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna grumble about a, only only getting a point um, at, at Vicarage Road because ultimately we could have so easily like lost that game, and you know any 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 points gonna be gonna be important, and you know it gives us a bit of a you know a little bit of a platform. For Man United, Norman. Yeah, absolutely bang on. Um, you look at the you look at the, the Liverpool Arsenal match yesterday. Now, they they just tanked a highly expensively assembled Arsenal side five one. They they obliterated Arsenal, obliterated mm-hmm. them. So the result against Liverpool, it it's utterly irrelevant. And and like Adam says, the fact that we went to Watford yesterday, played with confidence. That that was the thing. It was almost like, it's almost like the Liverpool match had just been boxed off. It's like yeah, look. We knew this was going to happen. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Take, take nothing from it. Let's just focus on Watford. And that's what they did. And in the confidence that we showed yesterday against Watford, against a very good Watford side, by the way, away from home, team have taken four points off, um, gives me hope that against Man United, yes, they are resurgent, as Adam says. But I think a point I made yesterday was that I, I don't necessarily think Solskjaer is a particularly good manager on a technical level. And what mm. you've got at the moment is you've, you've got players playing with the freedom um, that they didn't have under Mourinho. So they're kind of just... 
they're almost playing purely on their own ability as opposed to any, any kind of great tactical input from Solskjaer, um, like they've been released almost. Um, so what I'm kind of hoping for is that Rafa will, due, due to the fact that he is a tactical manager, will just out kind of outclass Solskjaer on that side and that's where, that's where I take the hope from um, you know Rafa's a kind of manager who can go right this is a side clearly playing with just enthusiasm this is how we stop them and this is how we get something um, mm-hmm. and yesterday yesterday showed really encouraging signs um, the games against Man U and Cardiff if we get four points out of those two games <clears throat> brilliant um, obviously because that stopped Cardiff winning as well great result for mm-hmm. Cardiff yesterday by the way um, but you know what Cardiff won Fulham won they're still below in the table, and that's what yeah. we've got to cling to, and we've got to take the positives from the Watford performance, and hopefully, like a raucous, raucous St James's Park on the second, um, just like it was last season against Manu, and and who knows, really who knows. And no, yeah, Norman, I... sorry, just Norman, the way you described Solskjaer there was exactly how I would describe Alan Pardew as a manager. <laughs> There you go. Do we have to speaker. talk about Alan Pardew? <coughs> Please? No. Um, all right, well, I will round us off there. Um, there will be, for our patrons, um, a Manu preview coming up, as well as Manu Match Day um, and the free pod after, as well as loads of other wonderful podcasts this week. So if you've enjoyed this and you don't subscribe, do give it a, a good, give, good of a good think. My words got wrong there, but um, you know what I mean. Um, we have also just FYI changed our Twitter handle to TFNUFC, so that encompasses all of our um, the fanzine and the podcasts and any additional content we may put out. So do give us a follow if you don't. And um, thank you again to our patrons and fans, Bet, and we will speak to you soon. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.